0: Hello babes, welcome to Coffee and Tequila, the show for people who love stories and love storytelling where you get a morning show on Mondays and a late show on Fridays. Welcome to the morning show everybody. I have, my name is Zach by the way, um, and this episode is kindly being sponsored by Helix Sleep as always, and I have one of my favorite people in the world here with me covering one of my favorite things in the world, uh, pop culture. This is Troy McGee from Beyond the Blinds the mega successful podcast now and and dunzo uh troy say hi to all the people
1: hi people (laughs) hi zachary
0: hello thanks for having me i'm excited oh my goodness i i love talking to you troy about everything pop culture because you know every every there's a shorthand with people who really follow pop culture right and and love this society and culture shit um there's a shorthand that we all know, and you can just – I can I can give you a couple keywords, right? If we were doing Family Feud or something, I need to give you a keyword. <laughs> you'd get it. You'd get it, and that's why I love having you on here. Well, you and I are
1: very pop culture in sync. Like we mm. have a very similar view on pop culture. We're fanatical about a lot of the same people, so it's very easy. So I, I love – I'm excited. I love coming here. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, so what we're going to be covering today is Life with My Sister Madonna, the 2008 – Tell all memoir?
1: Yeah, I guess you could say tell a little bit of both.
0: <laughs> I think tell all. I would say tell all. Um, by Christopher Ciccone, Madonna's younger brother. Uh, this this guy was. I always forget how much he was in her life because he was in her life for a good twenty something years, like a large chunk of it, and not just like in and out. He was very much into the fold.
1: Yeah, he was a huge part of the the sort of like image of yeah. Madonna, especially like the the live tours, like her performances. Yeah, He was like very in it, yeah, like you said. And also it's weird because I've never read this book mm. and I was always kind of taught as like a Madonna fan, like he's like the enemy,
0: you know? What do you think his intentions were with this book? Because I have heard him say both that these are his memoirs and that he wanted to kind of air out the truth And let everybody know that Madonna, or that, let everybody know he wanted to credit himself for everything that he'd done, right?
1: Well, it does feel like it's, it's like bullet points of his Mm. work that he's done with her. And then explaining why he was involved, how he was involved, how important he was, and how mistreated he was during the process of whatever thing that they were working on together. Yeah. And I think it's, I don't know, it's weird because I was like on his side from like, I understood his perspective, Mm -hmm. but I also completely understand the fact that like it's Madonna and I just love Madonna. Um, To me, it almost read more like a book explaining how sort of diluted, like a person can become Mm -hmm. by fame. Yeah. Like all of the other stuff was kind of like nuance. And then it really was a story about how she had gone from being this normal person to like completely losing herself, and now she's like not tethered to any kind of like reality or anything.
0: Yeah, when you read sort of the synopsis of the book or like hear anything about it, it does seem like just a trashy like celebrity tell-all rod. But this mm-hmm. is an incredibly nuanced take. I've got my Red Bull. I've got my I've got my notes. I've got all my facts. So I'm ready to fucking <laughs> go. Are you ready to get into this, Troy?
1: I'm so excited.
0: Perfect. All right. But first, we have to (laughs) have a little word from our sponsor. Now it's time to tell you a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode, Helix Sleep. Helix is a premium mattress and a box company that makes beds to fit your unique sleep style. We've had our Helix mattresses for almost two years now. Helix knows that everybody is different and everybody has their own unique needs, and so they've made a sleep quiz that'll match you with your perfect mattress based on your needs. I am an all-over sleeper. Alistair is more of a side sleeper. He likes a firm mattress, I like, uh, you know, more medium. We took the quiz together and we got the Midnight Mattress. One of the best parts about Helix is that they deliver the mattress right to your door for free. It comes rolled up in a box and is super easy to set up yourself. And if it makes you nervous to buy something online that you haven't tried, Helix has a 100 night sleep trial, so you get more than three months to make sure that you absolutely love it. And if you don't, they'll pick it up for you and you'll get a full refund. Now, if you're somebody you know is in the market for a new mattress and you think that Helix sounds right for you, you can go to helixsleep.com slash tequila, and you can get up to $200 off of your mattress and two free pillows. Um, All right, and We are back. We are going to be talking my, live with my sister, Madonna, the tell-all by Christopher Ciccone, 2008 tell-all. Um, yeah, so they... He starts this book like really going hard. This is like before they even get into childhood, right? Because he's going to go back to childhood, but he got to start out the book immediately, like taking swings at her. And uh, he says that, you know, when people come into her inner circle, you know, everybody's like kind of like glamored by all of the lifestyle stuff, you know, as you would be. And then when you get into the inner circle, like you feel the heat coming from Madonna. But as you get closer, I think he says, um, when you get right up into her inner circle, the coldest place of all is right up close to her um, and that is like such oh, like, a that's vicious that's yeah. that's that's harsh
1: but do you think it's not true
0: ah uh, i guess
2: okay like
1: if you look at the way she's sort of had it's like um what's the word like sort of throw away friendships and throw away mm-hmm. throw away relationships when she's done with that sort of like moment of her life like it seems like there are a lot of people feel not who, true
0: it doesn't feel not true there's a, there's a lot of people who come and go in her life and also like she you got to look at the life of a celebrity right the life of a celebrity mm-hmm. is very fast-paced and somebody like madonna who i i do assume she has surrounds herself with a lot of yes people right uh, mm-hmm. especially and she has she has such a long career that mm-hmm. the longer you go being kind of like removed from regular people and regular society, it's only going to be like that and it's only going to get worse. So I think throughout this whole book, I believe everything he says. I totally believe Mm -hmm. everything he says. I think his perception is very skewed at times and I think he probably omits information, but I believe uh, every word he says and every story he says. Um, And I do think that she is probably a very – we also got to look at this through a 2008 lens, right? This was 2008. So I think at that point especially she was – very yes people oriented and she did not want like anybody who was going to tell her any bit of truth she was going to send off a fax to you know and tell Mm -hmm. them they're out um there's so many faxes in this fucking book oh my god (laughs) but you know he he tries to paint himself as this guy who's very disillusioned with with her fame and all of her, you know, perks and her stardom, but he very much is. The Jacone family is this really big Catholic family, right? They're from Michigan. Madonna grows up in Michigan, despite... The English accent, the New York accent, all of the different accents she's gone through. She is from Michigan, <laughs> Bay City, Michigan, okay? She grew up in the suburbs. He lets you know that, too. He lets you know she is from the suburbs. She is not this, this street kid who was thrown out by their dad, right? Oh, God. <laughs> we'll talk about that, right? Yes. Now, holy um, shit. But they grew up in a family with a lot of kids. There's like five or six kids, and when they are really young, Madonna's five when their mother dies, and this is, this is a part of the Madonna mythology anyway this is very mm-hmm. much a, something that she has baked into her own story and make sure everybody knows about it this is this is another reason why she got so close with rosie o'donnell at one point because they both mm-hmm. lost their mothers really young this I, I do believe this had such an effect on her and it did have an effect i had an effect on all of them right they're all going through this they were all kids in that yeah. household um but I think because we're focused so much on Madonna and Christopher here that it's very easy to see how it affected both of them. So I think it – obviously it affected Madonna in, in a way where she she needs that attention and she needs that adoration from the public because she's not – she wasn't really getting it from her dad. And her mom wasn't there to give it to her um, and to tell her you – know, she, she just missed that maternal love. And Christopher, I yeah. think – Was subconsciously trying to get that from madonna as if madonna was his own mother that's what i took Mm -hmm. from it not to psychoanalyze
1: but no i i understand what you mean it did kind of feel like he had placed her into this like category of like okay well then you're my mom yeah and like you're unattainable so he spent Mm -hmm. his entire life trying to like get her to like be that and she was always like bitch no i don't want to be and for her yeah i think it i think her mom dying aside from like the Catholic church that has to be like the biggest thread yeah throughout her career right mm-hmm. like the, the strongest thread her mother's death
0: because I think that was the thread that went both into her storytelling as far as music and film and everything she's done in terms of storytelling but also with the way the public sort of sees her as this attention whore and you know, everybody yeah. well, she's she's always after this attention. Well, that's here's the root right here. Here's the root. And Christopher spends so much time in this book, not saying that he's like after the adoration of the public, but after her adoration, right? He always wants her to say like anytime she calls and she says, Hey Christopher, I need you, and he says it throughout this whole book. Anytime she calls and says, like, Christopher, I need you, he's right there. He wants he because he yeah. wants to be there for her. He wants to it's like mother calling, right? If my mom called me and said, "Hey, I I am going through this really hard time. I need you," and I, that has happened, and I'm I'm there, you know. And yeah. That's exactly what he's doing. So, it, you know, that happens pretty young, um, and he spends a lot of this book as well, just kind of going through Madonna's story rather than his own. And I have seen an interview where he talks about it. He's like, these are my memoirs. And you can't really talk about your own memoirs. Or I can't talk about my memoirs without mentioning Madonna because they're so closely intertwined. However, I get like barely any of his story in this damn book.
1: Well, okay. So the the weird thing is like you don't get any of his story, right? Mm -hmm. But you get these like these glimpses of like what made him. There are two things that he explores. his His homosexuality and his art. Yeah, and how his art is a direct like translation through madonna like all of the art his his home decorating and all the stuff that he went on to do later his tours his music videos all of that stuff he learned it through kind of being her shadow yeah really right yeah and it's interesting because it's almost like the way that he paints her like the idea that he has of her is like she is the greatest pop star to ever live and it's because she was born to be one
2: mm.
1: like she was born to be this person and all of the stuff that she lacks like emotionally and stuff makes her a better public figure
0: yeah but just a you shitty know. a shitty bitch who should burn in <laughs> hell <laughs> <laughs> a
1: piece of shit
2: sister oh my you gosh know, terrible condition- daughter
0: their dad is like – I have a love-hate relationship with the dad too because he says that oh, they yeah. they have such racial tolerance because their dad specifically moved them into a multiracial neighborhood and still tolerance mm-hmm. in them, right? Such a great thing to do, that, and especially at the time, like very forward-thinking, very like, progressive for, for the time. But also, like as we see later on, in the, the dad's sort of reaction to his son's homosexuality, it's, it gets shaky yeah. there. so. The dad's another interesting one, and I would like to have seen more of his relationship with his dad in this, but we don't get a whole lot of that. We get like madonna at the talent show we get madonna you know um deciding that she doesn't want to do anything sensible she wants to do you know go for go for uh, some sort of career in in the arts and her dad having to like just support that and accept it um and then like you said we we get him learning about his own self and what he wants through her you know this is very it does read very much as the not to put a stereotype on it but as the the gay who like if my older sister were britney spears madonna lady gaga you know who all the gays fawn over of course i would be taking every single cue from from her right (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) and you would be you would have worked in like wardrobe and you would have done stage shit or whatever like i would have been dressing her
0: i would have been having (laughs) meetings with her about her tours like every (laughs) this entire book tracks as young gay kid who is obsessed with his his yeah gay icon of a sister right so one of the things
2: that
1: i really liked about the way he wrote this book and it's just sort of sprinkled throughout is that he will it's not like specifically stated, but like Madonna's always been so vulnerable and like open about her life, right? Yeah. And like her life is like poured into her art, like whether it's like through lyrics or like imagery or music videos or whatever, like you know Madonna's life through her art. Yeah. And it's cool like hearing about that stuff From her childhood and seeing how it reflected later in her life, and he used the example. He he would always give these examples in the book of like, you know, you would later see this reflected in like the Like a Prayer video, yeah, you know, things like that. Like I I liked that aspect of it where it's like, yeah, like she really is like, like she like kind of puts her money where her mouth is in a sense, like. Who yeah. she is,
0: is who she is. And so after their mother dies, uh, their dad goes through a bunch of nannies, and one of the nannies is Joan. And so Joan, <laughs> I love all the early Madonna stories. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, they jo- the best. Joan comes in, and she's like nanny for a hot second before the dad marries her, because he needs a wife for all these damn kids, right? A mother for all these kids. And all these kids are like, fuck yeah. that. This bitch is not <laughs> going to be my mommy. And Madonna is super, like, she butts heads with Joan a lot. I would like to know, like, how the other cuts kind of work with with joan as well we don't really get a whole lot of that but we get one scene where (laughs) madonna comes in like what what happens she comes in at some point and joan like slaps her and madonna like backhands her (laughs) right back (laughs) (laughs) what was that for i don't remember i don't remember was it chores it was some sort of like back talking like smart ass you know something
2: yeah
1: Something like that. Like some kind of like stomping up to your room and slamming the door kind of shit, you know? But yeah, yeah, she slapped Madonna across the face and Madonna slapped her back.
0: Yeah. And I have (laughs) to say... The child that I was, if my parents had ever like officially divorced and married other people, I'd have been the exact same way. You know, yeah. I would have been. I would have been very like against whatever the other parent was. Um, but Madonna like never <laughs> really like accepts Joan around this time, and and Christopher does a really good job of kind of showing the nuance with Joan. Right, like jo- Joan comes in, and there's all these kids already like baked into the family. Like these, these are not her kids. Um, mm-hmm. but they are she is now their mother so she has to be both strict with them because they're all like hellions r- running around and like kind of get a free <laughs> pass with their dad because you know their mother died and he's got sympathy for her but she's got to like put the yeah. iron fist down and at the same time she's also really concerned about all of them so I I love the story where Madonna like goes out with her friends and gets her ass kicked by a biker <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and comes home all like bloody and bruised and Joan kind of fixes her up you know <laughs> I'm and like i just like have
1: a clear image in my mind of like what it looks like you know
0: yeah and i cannot see i just can't see it you know like i i picture madonna now or madonna 10 years ago and she'd have called her damn security she'd have filed lawsuits. lawsuit she'd have gotten you know <laughs> it's a, she this was street madonna you know yeah <laughs> she's going yes. out and getting in fights with bikers coming from christopher she's <laughs> I hope this scene is in the damn movie that Madonna's putting together yeah. about her own self because I have not heard this from her mouth. Madonna would be, Madonna was just the one who got out first, right? Madonna was the one that was really headstrong and was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not gonna, gonna, you know, take this math class. I'd rather go and dance by the boardwalk or something, you know, whatever the Madonna thing is. Yeah.
1: Um, I almost feel like her mom's death, like, you know, sometimes like, Being an outsider or, like, having something traumatic happen to you, like, Mm. forces you to kind of view the world in a different way. Yeah. And I feel like it forced her to, like, see the bigger picture, which is, like, a lot of what I'm doing is bullshit and I'm I'm bigger than this like small bubble that we're in mm-hmm. like i see outside of it you know
0: yeah and madonna really was like she was the one getting into everything and getting into all of these creative things and christopher really was like the gay little brother who followed along and was super into it and madonna nurtured that madonna gives him all of this creative attention and like sees that when he's creative like she she nurtures that she's the, yeah. the surrogate mother in that way you know and it kind of adds to that a little bit later and she takes him you know she she tries to get him into dance and she he says oh well dad I'll never go for that. And she says, "I'm gonna fucking talk to our father, and he's gonna fucking <laughs> accept it, right?" And she yeah. does, and she's just fucking cool. And she was, she was like this cool older sister. Um, she takes him to his first gay bar. He said sh- they show up, yep. and like he's like, "There, there are no women here." It's also you have to if you're ever gonna read this book, you have to listen to it because the way he he like speaks about anything is very monotone and very like to the point. It's good.
2: Um, <laughs> it's like ASMR.
0: He's like. She takes me to my first gay bar and I say, Madonna, but there are no people here or there are no women here. (laughs)
1: He's (laughs) like, I'm withering in fear.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I can just hear Madonna on the other end. like, just fucking dance. Get your ass grabbed, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And he starts kind of like, oh, I might be a little gay. I don't know.
2: Um, Yeah.
0: And I like, I like how she, how he describes um,
1: viewing her change at the beginning, like at that point where she's like you know, meeting artists and like hanging out with all these cool art house people and dancers and like producers and stuff. And she's like her styles like slowly changing and he's watching her turn into this like this like cool
0: girl, you know, really, though, honestly, and she wasn't just, you know, a pioneer in the music industry that again, like we are losing that. That's a that's a whole nother conversation is how we are losing like the legacy of Madonna and people are forgetting that. Um, But she really was a pioneer in the music industry. Uh, Yes. Yes. She was a pioneer in the music industry, but she was also a big pioneer in her own family. Right. She was the first one to go out and do these things and take these risks. You know, she was the risk taker and everybody saw that it worked out for her and they got to like piggyback off of that. Right. And Christopher's the probably the one who did it the most. Um,
2: mm-hmm. He,
0: you know, she moves to New York, and is like quick to shoot down the store. He's like, she, uh, the the big in Madonna mythology is that she showed up to New York with thirty five dollars in her pocket, and she told the taxi driver, "Drive me to the center of everything." And so he takes her to Times Square because he thinks it would be funny, <laughs> right? And it's like this big grand moment uh, in the beginning of your your. You know your destiny, and Christopher Chono is like, "Yo, that didn't happen, right?" She's from the fucking suburbs. She didn't have just thirty-five dollars. She had support. And she probably did. What do you think about this? I, I have a big question for you: Is like, mm-hmm. what do you think about people rewriting their own sort of narrative, Um, especially the early narrative that can't really be tracked? Like, Lady Gaga has done this up the fucking ass, right? Like she. As as hard as she tries, we know she was from this big ass apartment and, and fucking mad. she she's a punk walker <laughs> from the streets, and she was bullied um, so hard. And everybody's like, "How were you uh, bullied?" And it's like, "Well, my mom would cut my hair when I was asleep, but it's like little trimmings on the bangs or something like that." I mean, a, she is her hair. <laughs> but what I do have you think really about strong that. feelings about okay. this. All right.
1: So, and it it may shock you. I think that this is imperative to becoming mm-hmm. a superstar okay i think it's really important i think that people who understand what it means to be an actual like superstar like a michael mariah whitney whatever you need an origin story yeah you literally need an origin story every person who's ever reached like that level of like icon you their fans can recite their origin story whether it's real or fake like yeah. you and I know the story of Britney Spears leaving Kent with Louisiana oh, yeah. and all that shit. Like no matter how much of it is bullshit, we know it. Like you you have to have that. Michael Jackson, Gary, Indiana, the whole thing, we know it. With Janet, like it's it's like the pop stars that don't have that, they don't reach that icon level to me. Yeah.
0: And it, it it really is such an interesting topic that that alone could like be its own damn documentary. It's the origin stories of of mm-hmm. the most famous celebrities, you know, and where because the, there you have the celebrities who are like sort of I don't know Joan Crawford who was mm-hmm. from she was destitute she was from she was from broke people you know she probably yep. had to like. Do some things that she wasn't going to ever tell about, like, you know, dirty adult movies. That's the rumor, right, that she did some some adult yeah. movies to kind of get by at one point. And she, somebody like her who, like, pushes that off to the side and tries to create this idyllic childhood. And then you have the new wave of stars, right, who want the, the – they want the rough background. The they gritty. want the rough childhood because mm-hmm. it's that rags-to-riches story that we all – kind of aspired to i i remember hearing the madonna story and being like fuck yeah man i can move to new york take me to the center of everything oh my god i had this iconic even if that may not be the the entire truth right there's still a morsel of truth in that and i think this was madonna's perception of her own you know origin story and you couldn't tell me now that that's not so ingrained into her mind that that was that that is the truth now for her, You know, she's not remembering any facts that may have been switched up or changed. That is the origin story. Um,
2: I, I, to each, to each yeah. their own,
0: you know, you create your own story and the way you're going to tell your own story to other people is like, that's your damn business, right? Um, I agree. And,
1: and you need to have a story for like late night and for yeah. dateline and when they write a book about you or whatever, like, you need that sort of quippy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: quick story you know of like how you got here that's like really enticing to people you know
2: yeah
0: and we do get like a decent origin story from himself as well from Christopher here because um, we got to remember this Christopher's book and his his story <laughs> is i wish he would have taken a little bit more time to like remove himself from from the anger that he was clearly going through and the bitterness he was going through as he wrote this book because it is a really interesting sort of uh lens to look at it through is the the sibling of like the superstar, right? And especially the the gay si- sibling of the the gay icon of a superstar. I would love a book like that. And how, like, he kind of recognized that. And did he recognize that? Because he gets, he, after Madonna moves to New York, he follows her to New York, right? He gets to go and, like, back and forth from Michigan to New York. He gets to try it all these different things. She has him. And, you know, she's really like, she does do a lot for him. He sleeps on her floor when she is sleeping with a bunch of cockroaches. And he says, there's cockroaches all over me, you know? But he's like complaining about it. He's like, hmm. There was cockroaches, but you know what? Whatever. I just needed a night of sleep. Madonna starts getting a little bit of success, and her first star is is, uh, everybody. And he says... It's a catchy song, but I think it's trash. I don't tell her this, you know, he's like always doing shit like this. Meanwhile, she's like, Hey, come be in this video. Come be in the lucky star video. Right? Like giving him all of these opportunities as she's going up, he's going up with her. And that's the sibling that she picks because she had other siblings to pick from too. But this was the creative sibling that she saw, you know, a little bit of kinship in and nurtured that for him. Um, He gets a job under Simon Fields, the producer of the Lucky Star video, as a production assistant and gets to go work on all these music videos and stuff like that. And he he goes and works on the Lucky Star music video and he says, after working a 15-hour day, um, I knew that – I resolved to myself that I would never do this again and I would only direct music videos from now on. And it's like entitled – entitled (laughs) – privileged bullshit who says that anybody (laughs) going to hollywood would kill to work on music videos kill to work on a film set and you're you're it fucking sucks you're probably not getting paid shit, right but like not everybody gets to say oh i've decided i will only direct the music videos from now on you know like who the fuck is this guy
1: he has this way of Tell me what you think about this, because I, I, <laughs> I don't know if my brain can even make the words right now. But he has this way of presenting the nice things that she does for him as like, you know, oh, like, that's my little brother. Like, like she sort of sees through him. Yeah. Like, she never sees him as, like, a whole person. Like, mm-hmm. there's always, like, a catch or, like, something that she wants to gain from it in his perspective. Yeah. Or he'll find out later that she benefited from it in some way that she, like, didn't tell him. Or she's just, like, really, like, rude and, like, lax about it. Like, she'll offer him something and, like, dangle it and then maybe take it away or things like that. Like, it it feels at the beginning still very, like, brother-sister
0: to me. That's oh, we we, we take this like steep, you know, downhill from brother sister. Um, but it really, you know, we have to like he's not recognizing that this is her up and up as well, right? She doesn't have all the power in the world. She's doing what she can. Everything's moving super fucking fast for her. Like when when she Wants him to come out so that she, he can be a dancer for her, right? Um, And then she picks mm-hmm. another dancer. I, I guarantee the thing he's leaving out is that it was moving really, really fast, that she needed a dancer yeah. right then. I could see him being like, but Madonna, I have to go on this date with Denny right now, right? Like, right. He, it, it, but she's got to go. She's got to go. This industry is going fast. And if she like would have sat out five minutes – we wouldn't have gotten Madonna. She would never have become Madonna as we yeah. know her, you know? Um, and I think that's what he doesn't he, – he's kind of missing here is that if you're going to be on the train, you have to be on it full throttle with her. Take your opportunities from it. He he is throwing all of these opportunities and does nothing with like hardly any it's of true. them, right? Like nothing. Um, instead, it sounds exactly like uh, – Madonna's throwing jobs at me. Ugh, I just wish she would stop throwing jobs at me. I wish she would stop giving <laughs> me opportunities. You know? Um, yeah. Like, he's too fucking he, good for it.
1: It's annoying, too, because it's like, you know, he's so quick to be like, her origin story is fake. Like, mm-hmm. none of that stuff is real. But, like, at the same time, this is a young girl Yeah. inventing what it is to be a female pop star, creating yes. Yeah, on her own she's like a child and she's in new like in new york city on her own like it's like let's okay yeah she has cockroaches but like what did she even do to get that apartment like yeah y- whether the the origin story is fake or not like you know madonna went through some shit yes like madonna went through hell and he doesn't i mean it's not her book And I guess that's not like necessarily his story to tell, but he tells all of her other stories and he completely leaves out like how traumatic that whole thing must've been for her.
0: You know, and especially at the time, right? We also have to take into account this was the seventies, eighties. You know, New York City was fucking rough then. Okay, they it was it was rough. She was getting robbed all the time. You know, she was she was. He says, well, she says that her and her friend slept in a synagogue, but I know they only slept in there for about two days because she probably wanted to be noticed or something like that. And it's like, dude, she still fucking slept in a synagogue because she probably had nowhere (laughs) to go right then. Right? (laughs) It doesn't matter how long it was for. That was probably scary. There were probably like homeless you know drug addicts running around who could have like done anything to her you know yeah like exactly she could have been a victim of of, of somebody who decided to you know take this young girl and just murder her and you know leave her body on the fucking sidewalk but he like completely misses that point and misses the point that like him going to new york city he always had somewhere to stay she was finding him somewhere to stay he never had to sleep on the street um she always made sure that he was like taking care of in a sense, right? And yeah. she she is going up, and she's bringing him up with her. Um, she's giving her him these opportunities. Um, I also find it really to give him a little bit of credit here. I, I find it really interesting that he had so much involvement in her and her sort of image. You know, um, we hear a lot about how, you know, at first, you know, with Lucky Star and all of the, all of the crosses and all of that boy toy. That was all, you know, her. Mm-hmm. That was her picking things and like kind of styling herself. Mm-hmm. And he would always make comments that like, she looks ridiculous, but I won't tell her this. He always says shit like that. It's like, I hated, yeah. I hated this. It was tacky, but I will never say <laughs> that to her. She's a horrible actress, but I will never tell her.
1: <laughs> it's like he thinks it, it's like only I can say these things as yes. her brother. It, like it, he thinks it makes him like cool.
0: I will never tell her knowing that she'll read the fucking book, right? That she's about to read this fucking book. <laughs> so he's right. forgetting to tell her anyway. Um, but, like, I, I thought it was really cool that he pretty much told her, hey, you need to glam up and go with an old Hollywood-like styling. And she fucking does it. And, you know, this is yeah. where we get the sort of the, the Marilyn Monroe styling or, like, the, the styling of old Hollywood. But that is so iconically Madonna. What is your most iconic, like, vision of Madonna when you think of Madonna? My... Yeah.
1: My Madonna personally is like early 2000s. Madonna. Okay. It's like you my bet. favorite, like music and like, mm-hmm. don't tell me. Like, I love like, as we, as he will talk about, <laughs> I like Drown World Tour Madonna.
0: Yeah. I, I still, I, I think I would agree with you just because of like when I was bored and you know what I was coming up with the type of Madonna that I was coming up with, but I still like, I see the Madonna that he's talking about here. Like, right. Totally. Like I see Marilyn Monroe Madonna and he does make a really good point that, you know, she, she is not so much like Marilyn that everybody every, like everybody would think right like she and her mm. her inspiration was never really Marilyn Monroe you know uh, I like that I like I that, part, that I did too I did too because it, it it makes sense right like she she Madonna isn't self-destructive. Marilyn was a pretty self-destructive person, right? Marilyn would get down on herself. She had a lot of insecurities. Madonna had none of those. If Madonna had an insecurity, she fucking soldiered through that shit, and you know there was no other option for her. Her option is only up and up and up and up and up, rising star. You know that's her only option, and she's a fucking workaholic. That's her self-destructiveness, right? As being a workaholic and putting her her public image in front of anything and everybody else, right. Um. So she marries Sean Penn, and I think the Sean Penn stuff is so traumatic, and he is really decent about it as he goes through it, and then really shitty yeah. about it later on when he gets to Guy Ritchie. Because when he gets to Guy Ritchie, he says, oh, I would have preferred having Sean Penn as, as a brother-in-law. Sean Penn is beating the shit out of Madonna. He is so abusive to her.
1: um I know. He was her k-fed. He was a fucking k-fed,
0: right? And she was so fucking sprung up on him. She still is. Do you remember the a couple of years know. ago when she had those pictures with him, like she like saw him in public, and you know it, there was all those reports that she was like really into him again and trying to talk to him again. Yeah, and they obviously made some kind of pact to be like, let's just deny everything we ever did yeah. to each
1: other. Yeah, because now she's like, she'll say like, Sean never hit me. He's never touched me. But there's like police reports and stuff that yeah. like he did. So, yeah, that's crazy. The Sean years are fucking wild.
0: Oh, my God. Wild, mind and I blowing. I think their relationship is one that we don't really even reference in, in terms of pop culture enough anymore. They were like, yeah. they were a superstar couple. They were, they were a power couple. This is like the the peak of like Sean and Madonna mania. You know, there's always photographers out there. He's always like getting pissed at the photographers and you know, you know, flipping them off and like trying to attack them. And he gets in trouble for attacking photographers. there's one night where the, you know, Christopher's listening to them fucking go at it in this hotel room and madonna comes running to his room and like falls into his arms and why would you write about a story like that why would you write about a domestic violence victims trauma and then at all ever say anything negative about it because he's like i get to be there he he does put it in the way like i get to be there for madonna right i get to hold her i get to be there and i hate sean penn at this moment i want to beat the shit out of sean penn but like you're still giving this story that is probably super traumatic for her. And if she's not going around giving interviews about it and not wanting to do the Diane Sawyer interview about it, right? It's not something she wants to talk about, you know? Yeah.
1: It's – the the his perspective on the Sean relationship is, like, very odd to me. And, you know, I almost feel like with Sean – first of all, have you ever listened to the song uh, Till Death Do Us Part? it's about Sean and it's about the, I probably have. Yes, I probably have. And like how he'll like break vases and she'll lie. And then he beats her up because she's lying and he doesn't like that. And then she screams. He hates it. She screams. And then I hit her because she screams like it's very, he's a very intense, scary, violent person. Like I did a uh, Madonna and Sean episode, like the first year that I was doing done. So, and I think it was like one of the first, like really traumatic, Relationships I'd ever covered. And I was just blown away by how publicly um abusive he was. And like yeah. that it was just like okay for a man to be like that back then. And because Madonna was like a whore, it was like, well, she deserves it, or like she's doing something that's probably pissing him off and like making him act like that. Uh, but I remember specifically, like one time he brought a paparazzi up to his hotel room. He was on like 50th floor some crazy whatever and he dangled him off the balcony by his legs yeah like he was just fucking crazy yeah. and, and the way that he romanticized that relationship in the book was like very weird
0: it me. is weird and it's it's a weird thing with i feel like it's a weird thing with the chaconis the whole family because i feel like the whole family probably shares the same sentiment that like sean penn was one of the ones the, one of the ones that they they liked most out of all of her like you know relationships, they got away. yeah. And and he even remarks in the book that her public perception really does start going down. This is the first time it really starts going down, and she's getting backlash because of this relationship, right? Um, I hate even bringing this up, but like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, uh, not sort of the dynamics of their relationship, but the amount of hate that we're seeing towards her right now
2: mm-hmm.
0: was way worse than he ever had. Way worse than yep. he ever had, and I feel like that always goes back to the women. It's always the women who get who get it worse and who get, you know, mm-hmm. burned even worse than the man ever does. Sean Penn could have beat the fuck out of her, left her in the hospital, and they would have been, well, Madonna's annoying, so, you know, whatever. Um, she's a bad actress. Shanghai Surprise is shitty. Like, that's what I we were talking we, about, is Shanghai Surprise being shitty and she was I, bad at it?
1: I know. I It's... As he's choking photographers and in, and in, in public, I I've said this a million times. I think that we as a society we get really excited when we have a legitimate reason to hate a woman. Yeah, and it's almost like when we have like a tangible reason, then it's like great, let's get her. Like yeah. we've got something. Let's fucking get this bitch. We finally got her, and that is happening right now with Amber. It's like people have these like reasons now that are tangible to like basically rip her apart. Yeah, and. It's it's wild, and it is crazy to see how the perception of Madonna changed because of him, and, like, you know, how like he was unable to handle even how much, because she was already so famous, and she got even more famous when they were together, and she became more famous than him, yeah. and, like, that was really, like the thing that he obviously couldn't handle.
0: And he acted like he didn't care about the fame and stuff like that, but clearly he did clearly like this was something that really nagged at him and really bothered him. Uh, Christopher even has, there's a moment where Sean Penn like pulls Christopher in one night uh, and they're like, I don't know they're in the kitchen or somewhere. And he he says, let's cut our hands and become blood brothers. And so they like put their hands together and become blood brothers. And then later on, like way after the divorce, way after everything, uh, Christopher sees Sean Penn, they run into each other on the red carpet at one for some event. And, Sean Penn says, Hey, do you remember that night we became blood brothers? And like, you know, Christopher thinks this is going to be a nice little, you know, reminiscent moment. And Sean Penn just says, Oh, um, you, you don't have AIDS. Do you like, do I need to get myself checked out? It's like, Oh, fucking hell, man. This is there. I don't see a redeemable characteristic here in this man, but that we all are just fantasizing over in this, in this damn book. Um, and it's horrible. It's horrible. And this is a horrible thing to have said to, to Christopher. And yet Christopher later on still says, I would have preferred Sean Penn over Guy Ritchie. Right. It's like, maybe both of them are shitty. Maybe, maybe equally. We just put them both off. Yeah. You know, do you
1: remember in the book if he said, cause obviously he writes about the wedding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Did he write about Sean shooting at the helicopters at the wedding?
0: Yes. Okay, okay. And that Sean was just, like, got so angry about, and, like, Madonna was like, Sean, stop it, please, I have to calm Sean down. But, uh, meanwhile, she loves all the attention that's going on. I also, (laughs) like, have never been able to, like, retain the image of Madonna's wedding dress Um in my memory so i've had to like relook it up she's wearing a fucking like cowboy hat or some shit like a black cowboy hat under her veil yeah tack tacky yeah. okay no, is it your cool. brother christopher Ciccone, cool. is that is, did he tell you to wear <laughs> that shit
1: <laughs> it's very like it's very like um i don't know like desperately seeking susan kind of <laughs> like vibes, you know what i mean like it's like cool i liked it but no i i do love the I think that that would make a really great movie on its own, just, like, the idea that she's secretly calling all these paparazzi at the wedding and, like, you know, she has all these contracts with, like, photographers and shit and he thinks that they're just showing up and, like, he's, like, you know, it's just that alone. is just like, well, how did this ever, it was never going to
0: work. There is no way to do a biopic on somebody's life who has had longevity like that in just one movie. It just cannot happen. Mm -hmm. That's why you see so many like Marilyn Monroe movies that are like my weekend with Marilyn or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that works so much better because you isolate a certain period of time. They just need like an actress to like stick with all of those movies or turn it into a series, right? Like they need something like that. Um, because just the Sean and Madonna relationship alone is one movie. You know? Sean Or Madonna. a couple episodes. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Don't say that because Lifetime's going to pick that shit up. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Um, they're going to change the Lucky Star to Lucky Son. You can be my Lucky <laughs> Son. <laughs> Try to avoid some copyright there. Get her to sing uh, <laughs> Satisfaction. <laughs> Get into the habit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Get oh my goodness. But Madonna, so this is like the same the same time where, you know, AIDS is really starting to run rampant and Madonna's losing friends as well, just like everybody was back then, right? And so uh she she really gets into AIDS research and funding and activism, you know? And I again Remember that people remember that remember that she did go for social causes. She was very like, you know, progressive in, in race and in, you know, accepting people for sexuality and all of that. Um, also Christopher. Yeah.
1: I just ran about that just for a quick second. Let's go for it. Go ahead. It just makes me so fucking upset. Like that part of it makes me so angry watching young gay people. Listen, is Madonna cringy on TikTok? Duh. We're all, we have, we have eyes. But, like, you have to respect people who deserve respect. Yeah. And as, like, a young gay person, if you don't know enough about what Madonna has done for the gay community, look it up.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: before you fucking judge her, because, oh, my God. Like, this idea that female pop stars have some connection to the gay community is literally because of her yes and she was doing it because those were her friends and they were the people making her art yeah and like you know it wasn't just threat like a threat into being a female pop star is like you cater to the gays like no madonna was doing that because her friends were dying and the world was like completely against all of the people that she loved and yeah she was giving out condoms with her albums and stuff, and oh, I could go on about that for hours. But I just like it just upsets me.
0: It's true though; it is true. Like there's totally a root there that you know these these today Gen Z TikTokers are not you know even touching on because Madonna's cringy on t- you know TikTok and uh, and and Instagram yeah. now, right? Like that's all they're seeing, or in that she's a she's a has been who keeps trying, you know? It's, yeah. And that's the sort of perception we need to get get past. That That is totally irrelevant to her entire career, you know? Yeah. Um, but she – so she she does a lot of that. She also loans Christopher $200,000 to just get an apartment in New York City, right? But, like, he's like, oh, Madonna's loaning me money. Oh, I wish she wouldn't do that. I wish she wouldn't give me a down payment for my apartment in New York. <laughs> <laughs> i
1: know like, and he's like always broke he's always broken like he never explains why he's broke but exactly. like he'll be like i didn't have any money that year it's like why like why are you always there's
0: broke? never a why there's never <sighs> a why with anything he will complain and never give a why um we go into sort of like i love just also keep in mind side note that this entire time we've been talking he's got a boyfriend named danny that's like a long-term 10-year relationship for him and we'll mm-hmm. kind of go in and out of that but like he doesn't really ever give many details about that he says i go off with madonna on tour i come back home and you know cook with danny for a little bit i pay for everything yeah. and danny's the boss around the house okay well you're letting him be that honestly. yeah um but then we get moments like this, the, the his his sort of coming out to his dad. That's like fantastic. Oh. Ex- you know, go into this, yeah. talk more about this, because um, we get a quick little m- moment where he's working on a car with his dad. You know, very macho macho thing to do, in and Michigan, um, and the dad says, "Are you gay?" And Christopher like you know tenses up really quick. And like if you're if you're gay and you've had to come out, you know, you you know this it's like uncomfortable. You don't ever want somebody to ask you, are you gay? Right? Because then you're like <laughs> yeah. vagina and boobies. <laughs> no, of course not, dad. Of course not. I love making love to women. Post Madonna, Madonna gave all of the gays some you know somebody to say we all say, no, I love Madonna. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just ideal woman. <laughs> you, yeah, know? That our, that our be, you know, generations of gays have always done that, right? I've, I've definitely done that with the Miss Britney Spears. I said, no, I love oh, Britney. Yes. Um, but so the dad asks him, are you gay? And he, he tenses up really quick and then he says, well, you know, Uh, Yeah, there's no other answer than just to say yes, and the dad takes it all right, and he kind of laughs, and he says, yeah, okay, well, you know, I kind of already knew that, Um, and then a little bit later, after the dad has had some time to sort of think on it, the dad sends him a letter and says, I don't accept this, I think you're sick, I think, you know, you and Danny are both sick, and we need to get you guys help, and, you know, really takes all of that back, and that what a soul-crushing moment, you know? I know, and i get, i really you know have a lot of sympathy for him there because it's it's such a real moment as well like this is these are the things like you live you've lived your own life christopher right so i understand you are so intertwined with madonna but tell a little bit more of your own story as well just like this um eventually the dad does come around and says you know i i they they stop speaking for a while and the dad finally like writes back and says I just, you know, I'd rather have you in my life and accept you than not having you in my life at all. That's
1: why I think um, gay stories from the 90s are, like, maybe the most, well, not the most interesting, but I'm really, really fascinated by 90s gay, yeah. just queer stories, you know, because it was just such a specific time, and it was, like, people like their dad having to face gay culture in a way. Yeah. Like it wasn't like back in the day where they could just pretend that gay people didn't exist and, you know, they just sort of hide in the shadows of the world like in the 90s gay people very much existed and were like a part of the world and were being talked about on the news and you had people like Madonna forcing gay culture into the living rooms of people in the midwest and shit, mainstreaming
0: you know? shit like that right like what yeah. she, she really was funneling it in there not just her alone there was tons of people doing it you know there was a whole yeah. like group of, of of mainstream artists really doing that but give her the fucking credit for doing that you know i know like it just it, it speaks and like seeing us as people she walked the walk, man. She walked the walk, Yeah, you know. Like, there's a lot of people out there, you know, the performative activism and all of that. But, like, she really did do – she did the damn thing. Um, Christopher does – this is I, – again, again, I love how little gay brother to gay icon pop star Christopher is. He gets to direct <laughs> the Blonde Ambition tour. I didn't oh know this God. as well. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know this. He But he's like, uh. I get to direct the tour, but I hate having to dress her. And it's like, dude, dude, come on. <laughs> He's always like, I got to do this. Uh, but I had to do this. I had to, I had to slip some panties on her, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: She'll only let me do it, oh, unfortunately. My God.
0: Well, then just say no to dressing her, man. You already got your check from directing. Um, I think throughout this entire thing, also, she's, she's just not paying him. Fairly, yeah. because he is a little brother and she is taking advantage in that way. Um, and we're going to get to the pinnacle of that a little bit later, but you know, <laughs> yeah. when Truth or Dare starts filming, I think <gasps> like, this was kind of, this is, this is Madonna though. And I think it's worth noting, you know, that she, during the d- filming of Truth or Dare, him and his other siblings don't like his, his sister just brings them up and is like, Hey, let's go see mom's grave. And they, they're all like, okay, we'll go do that. And she, they show up and, She's got a camera crew with him, and I would have been – I would have been livid, right? I'd have been gone. Yeah. Um but He, like, sticks around and, like, doesn't really tell her to go fuck herself, right? Because yeah. this is not okay. But, like, this is – And it's Madonna. It's a weird psychological thing, man, right? Because this is – he does remark that, truth or dare, is supposed to be a documentary, but, like, she's acting throughout the whole thing. This is, like, a performance for her. And I see it. I totally see it. I think so. You know? Um –
1: yeah, I like his... Pers- okay, I will tell yeah. you, I really enjoy his perspective of things like this, this sort of nuanced, like only he could have this yes. very pure perspective of this moment. This moment that everybody knows, truth Dare is so famous, right? But like he's able to immediately clock that she's yeah. acting and she's pretending to be a difficult, confident pop star because she's aware that yeah. that's her the image that she's creating is like this sort of like bitchy pop star when really she's kind of like insecure and like very like you know in herself all the time and closed off but she's pretending to be like whatever i just really like that
0: she she does out him in a magazine where she's i think it's the advocate she's talking to and she she outs him and he's pretty upset about this again like not cool you know she's not she's not the saint in this book and i i i like seeing some of that, you know, because um, we already know this is kind of her. And we we're not, I'm not shocked by anything I'm seeing, you know, anything that he, right. he talks about, like Madonna outing him. And then when he uh, – Madonna outs him and then he goes to her and he says, you know, that really upset me. You can't just out me. And she's like, hey, get over it. You know, you're gay. What, what's the big deal? You're gay. You know, this is – you are gay. But what she doesn't yeah. realize is, you know. She can tell her own story, but she can't tell everybody else's story too. You know, but that doesn't like seem to click with her because it seems like her entire family story is her story. And every individual member of her family also is contributing to her story, right? So if she's talking about gay rights, gay anything, that's, you know, she can can pull Christopher out of the box and use Christopher like a little crayon to color her little picture, you know? Um, And she does this a lot. So – the – and it does have some backlash, you know, some backlash that she – I, if he didn't – I mean he might have admitted the information that uh, she never really apologized for, is that he has to go and get an AIDS test and send in the blood results in order for a magazine publication not to run that he has AIDS, right? Because they're threatening to run that he has god. AIDS. Like how tr- – that's traumatic as well. Oh my god. And she owed him a big fat fucking apology for that.
1: But she never – she never sees him as, like, enough of, like, a fully realized person yeah. to, like, acknowledge, like, any sort of, like, trauma or, like, pain that he may have, like, gone through. Like, yeah. she does see through him basically their whole lives. And, like, it gets obviously, like, way more out of control. But, like, you can tell that there's this, like, he has this idea in his mind that she's never fully, like, seen him. Yes. She's always kind of looking through him.
0: I think she did, especially like during the early years. I I feel like she saw him, and she recognized that and nurtured that. But the – and this wasn't any fault of his own. I mean, everybody would take an opportunity, like, handed to them, right? But, like, the more opportunities he was accepting from her, she was seeing him more as, like, somebody there at her beck and call and somebody there that was supposed to be there to serve her, right? And so his story was free game for her, you know? It just got to Mm -hmm. this weird, like, blurry place where nobody was able to really distinguish – personal from from the business i
1: also think it's worth mentioning that in this in this specific like time period like pre-guy um they're doing all this work together you know he like is doing the tours and he's like decorating her homes and shit for like extra money because he's always broke and it's important to note that he has free reign like Mm. he is allowed to she trusts him yes like If there's one thing that she does see when it comes to him is that he artistically like they vibe yeah and like she trusts him and like when he says something like she does it on stage like and that changes so drastically yeah you know of her trusting his artistic
0: expression he has a long-term relationship with danny remember it's about a decade and then they break up you know he says that Mm -hmm. danny he doesn't really again he doesn't really go into the why danny wasn't good for him danny was just like mistreating him you know danny was too Mm -hmm. overpowering and too uh you know he was he was bossy and mean and but like we don't really hear any instances of that um but they break up and Christopher gives him $100,000 to like go away, you know, like as like a parting gift. And Danny's mom still calls Christopher and is like, hey, you owe him alimony. And Christopher's like, I'm just not even answering that right. Um, (laughs) And then you have like little moments where, you know, Madonna writes him a supportive letter about this. The way that the letters that I wish I could have like read all of them. I want to just read through all of their letters together between each other because they're so – Hoity-toity, and like all of this really big flower language, and like the I sentence structure I do, I do. Oh. I just need it read to me, you know, like a full book. It's like all the, yeah, all the totally.
1: Letters. It's like Great Expectations or something. The way that they write to each other, like, and they're like, I'm like, they're siblings. Like, they're they are they're like ink dipped letters. Yeah, like writing with a quill pen. It's there is wild. Christopher
0: sky may be a little inky gray, but <laughs> after the trees clear in the fall, you know, just whatever the fuck. I don't fucking know. Okay. My mind cannot work that way. Uh, but they are both exactly like this. And if you read this book, yeah. he even writes his book in that same way. So they are very, yes. you know, they are a hoity-toity little, you know, yes. fancy pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes into like Madonna's search for Lorde's dad as well, and she considers. I fucking oh, I like God. laughed so much of this. She considered Dennis Rodman. as Lorde's dad.
1: She wanted. She wanted oh, Dennis
0: Rodman's sperm. The daddy chair. They were going through that. He had this joke that this. She was just looking for somebody to sit in the daddy chair. Um, and she was going through a bunch of people, but she did want Dennis Rodman. She wanted. She wanted a little Lordis Rodman. You know, I so I did a. Forever
1: ago, I did a Dennis Ramen and Carmen Electra episode for Dunzo yeah. and Dennis actually said that Madonna wanted his sperm so bad, specifically his sperm. She wanted him to, like, she wanted him to literally give her a baby. So she flew him from Vegas to wherever she was, whatever part of the world, yeah, to have sex with her, and then she flew him back to Vegas. So he, like, before a game, like, went and fucked Madonna, fucked her, and then went back and finished and, like, started the game.
2: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Can you imagine?
0: Just, i'm just picturing i'm picturing dennis rodman of today who like flies over to north korea every other month you know like, like <laughs> i know i know i know Ugh. i know but it's hot
1: when you picture it as like crop top like 90s yeah there, there's hair.
0: there was a certain like dennis rodman of the time so i i get it mm-hmm. oh God, I, mm-hmm. I get it um it doesn't <laughs> and like there was a lot of jokes about at the time that i i i, I remember you're know, just reading about uh, that you know everybody always said she was just looking for the sper- sperm donor you know um and that she didn't really care about dad i think there's a lot of truth in that but i do think that she like you know if the dad would have worked out she'd been really happy about it cuz then you know she gets to be mother and father and baby you know all happy family sure. but she didn't she didn't give a fuck about a dad she she didn't care who it was no. she didn't, you know she she said they she didn't care about race but she wanted them to be like really smart and really creative or something like that right and so mm-hmm. um, Lourdes' dad comes in and she gets pregnant you know and she has the baby and not long after that you know they break up because of course they're gonna break up she just yeah. got the baby out of it all she needs is with the little Lourdes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is where we get ray of light Madonna she's like very like
1: mm-hmm. yeah totally that's where and then we got our little star <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love every time he says coconut grove it just like sends my tinkles into a spiral you know oh like, my god it's like a I really like good word that's a really good like pairing of words there coconut grove coconut grove yes. coconut grove. but um he you know he, he's decorating all of her houses for her he has a lot of access to her at this time he's like getting to do a lot of work for her but he's always bemoaning everything that he has to do for her this is where it's really starting to ramp up right he always puts oh. it like he's trapped but he, He can also just go and leave whenever he wants. He doesn't have to work for her. But this is the easiest job that takes no effort to get, you know? All he has to do is ring her up and say, hey, do you have a job for me? And she says, yes, right? But he could go out and try to make his own way, get his own job, like work like she did, you know? Because she worked. She was out there. She was in the trenches making her own damn way. And he just – he never had to do any of that. He never really learned how to do that. He didn't have to do that. And so – You know, he's never worried about losing a job because he always knows that she can, you know, if he goes off and gets a job somewhere else, he knows that his sister can hire him if he loses that job at some point. And he goes through his whole life like this, right? And he keeps yeah. doing it. He he's buying paintings on her behalf. Um, this is when we start getting into some of the contract stuff that I really, really am excited to talk about. This motherfucker and never learns the entire way through this book. This is should have been the first his first lesson here, right? He's buying all these paintings for her house because she wants to get into art, which is a really good way to like invest your money, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so she's having him bid on all these paintings if she wants to, you know, he he recommends a couple million on a Picasso and she's like, do it, you know, oh clutch in my purse, but do it. You know, really good investments like that. And if yeah, it, it's it's really good. And he has a really good eye for stuff like that. Um, there's a couple landscape paintings that he like convinces her to buy. And then she he buys them with his own money, like sixty-five thousand dollars of his own money. And she says she doesn't want them anymore. And he's like, Well, I just bought them um you you know i'm i'm out all this money i don't have money like this and she's like i don't care just sell them and it takes him like six months to sell these damn paintings first off you don't front your super famous celebrity sister any fucking money don't ever do that you get a company (laughs) card you get a little card that says your name on it right you get something um second have a fucking contract in place so that shit like that can't happen uh right and it's, it's just wild that he never learns from this, right? He does do um, – he does for the next job right after this try to get a contract, and he sends her over the contract with a note, a very nice sweet note that says, Hey, I know this is a little awkward. We've never really done a contract like this, but it's just, you know, it's standard in the industry. It's standard in the business. This is just a, She's fucking pissed. She's like, oh, I will never. And they send each other very, like strongly flowery worded faxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Back and forth. And then, uh, you know, Madonna's pissed about it. He sends back, you know, they, they really like poke each other's buttons. Um, and eventually, like, he folds and apologizes, which is fine. Whatever. But he never asked for a contract.
1: Okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for okay. him for a second, okay? All right. Because there's there is a there's a sort of feeling throughout the book where he and you. I mean, you could picture yeah. this with any major major celebrity, right? Like interchange Madonna with anybody, where like you kind of have to tiptoe around them. It's like landmines, yeah. And like if you do something that pisses them off, like. Whitney's family used to worry about this with her a lot where like if they said something too strongly worded about her going to rehab or anything like that it was like okay well then guess what you're not allowed past the gate you're not going to see my daughter like you're not invited to this party you're not invited to the wedding all those things and it always felt like he was just like one like bad conversation away from her cutting him off and never speaking to him again which is like his worst fear at the time and i think he did a lot of things i think that he probably would have you know made her sign contracts and stuff because the stuff that they were doing was so i mean he's designing her entire house buying picassos yeah like doing literally choreographing her tour like it's stuff that requires a fucking contract and i think that he must have just not done it out of fear knowing that she would get mad if he presented it but then
0: why is he working for her this is this is like i know this has to be like a decade or over into their working (laughs) relationship together how have you not you know planted these seeds she's been dropping to you and growing right. something out of it, right? Use these opportunities you've had to go and branch yeah. out your business, you know, and create different businesses yeah. and different things. Like he, yes, you know, talks about he gets to work for a restaurant at one point, right? But they're not paying him. And, you know, like he does, he does all of these little things, but like never has any drive or motivation to really go out on his own and do things. In a in a mm-hmm. way that is going to like be spread by word of mouth and get to you know uh, that'll grow his business. He always like looks at Madonna as the fallback. She's she, she the job mm-hmm. for Madonna is always going to be there. That's your fucking problem, man. That's your problem. Yeah. And she like he like blames it on her. He's like, well, she blacklisted me in the industry, right? Like she, I could never get a job because of her. That's not true though. Like, if you had built yourself up at some point, he like starts. You know, he's he's a painter. I've seen his paintings. They're really good. Mm-hmm. He has a. Few really art. good. He has a few art shows. Um. And they go really well and they sell, right? But then he has plenty of times in the books where he's like, I'm not painting anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's because he gets lazy and complacent, right? And he's just like, if he needs a little bit of money, he never has fucking money. But if he needs a little bit of money, the Coconut Grove house needs a new renovation, right? Um, So true. That's what what he's always looking at it like. So I'm sorry that it must have been really scary working for her. Then you don't work for her. You move. You move on. You move Take on. Take power back. Sorry. Um, Madonna you're right. Because, no, you're right. No, I mean, and I don't think – I think you're completely right as well. I just think, like, you know, he – it is scary working for Madonna. I would be terrified working for Madonna. I think that she's probably, yeah. like, such a nightmare to work for. Like, I completely believe everything he's saying about all of this. And that, like, she goes from him talking back one time to she thinks oh, he's God. a drug addict, right? Like – Immediately she thinks he's a drug addict because he talks back to her. And she's like, this must be your behavior. It's because you are addicted to drugs, right? Like, don't work for your sister. That's – your relationship is souring because your business relationship is not working. Step back from that.
1: Yeah. It's just – and it's the fear of like – like I just know myself. And I know like if I had access to that life through one – relationship that was like not solid like the fear of losing being a, a, a part of that orbit yeah. you know like i just i don't know i feel like i probably would be a little like uh like i would be so afraid of not being
0: let's talk about the orbit, the orbit that he's in a little bit you want to talk about the okay. orbit that he's in okay he's hanging out with people I would like fucking demi moore Johnny Depp, Kate, oh Kate, Moss, Naomi Campbell. He's like always doing fucking cocaine with Kate Moss and Naomi Gwyneth? Campbell, right? Gwyneth Pouch. I love I love that <laughs> the Donna Tellas having a having a dinner at one point and and J Lo Lo's supposed to come and Madonna's sitting at the head of the table next to Gwyneth and she's like, We're not speaking to J Lo. She says Gwyneth can't oh. act and I can't sing. <laughs> Like they like cold shoulder, <laughs> J Lo. But um, there's another fucking story where uh, this is. The, I this was this was my favorite one of the whole book of the whole book. Um, it's right after uh, Donatella's brother dies and is murdered, right? And so she's pretty much grieving, and they're having a, a sort of like a, It's like a post-funeral thing, but it sounds like a party to me. They're having this sort of party at Donatella's house and Courtney Love is acting like she'd never done drugs before and she's doing all these drugs and she's like, I've never done coke before and Christopher's like, she's like, show me how to do coke and he's like rolling his eyes and like giving her coke and she's like, this is the first time I've tried coke. This is the second time I've tried coke. Every line she does, she's counting until he has to say, Courtney, shut the fuck up. Stop counting. (laughs) Meanwhile, Donatella's like sobbing in the corner saying, Christopher, Christopher, play candle in in the wind again, again. Ah!
1: <laughs> and I love that Courtney when she pulls the coke out, she goes, yeah. Whoa, um I have this.
0: Uh, what is this? this what is it? do You guys know? <laughs> Meanwhile Edward Norton's coming up the fucking stairs and Courtney is supposed to be sober and she's like, tell him I'm a fucking sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that part of the when he starts to infiltrate her the celebrity circle yeah.
0: that's my favorite part it is of good it. it is good and i i always go back to like courtney loves um uh behind the music episode which is really good fucking episode of behind the music by mm. the way it's like one mm-hmm. of their best episodes ever she did she she rocked that fucking episode um yeah but her whole Edward Norton relationship timeline is like, there is no drug use. She is good. Edward Norton's wife. Never, (laughs) never lies. Lies you tell. The
2: lies you tell. Lies
1: you tell. And I I also, I love... Okay, so this is a controversial one. I was going to say it.
2: Okay.
1: I have a real soft spot in my heart for Gwyneth Paltrow.
0: Yes. Weird, too. It's a weird one.
1: I know. I know. And it's because... I have always viewed her the way he describes her in this book. Okay. Like that she, cause he says in the book that like, you know, the more that he and Madonna separate, the more court, or Gwyneth kind of becomes like his pseudo sister. Yeah. Right. And like, they become very close and like, I've always viewed Gwyneth as somebody who's like pretending to be somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. I think that the whole like goop vagina candle thing is like her being really smart at like creating a fake image yeah. and it makes a lot of money she doesn't fucking use any of that shit like it's not real you know what i mean to me gwyneth low-key is like a chain-smoking wine drinking girl who will like turn like who's like fun like to me she is the girl that used to hang out with winona rider and get fucked up.
0: oh my gosh like, do you know what uh, i mean truly is dressed she- in the wes anderson costume you know like that's how she actually looks <laughs> in real life <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah like i think that her and brad were fucking big ass potheads that would just like i can see that everywhere oh yeah yeah. you know what i mean like i think that she's like actually like a chill girl but she has this image of a wasp and it makes her a lot of money to be like a wasp
0: (laughs) but it is interesting all of the women that he paints against his sister madonna um he's Mm -hmm. always painting madonna as this this woman who fucking is just fucking sucks man right this little bitch yeah. madonna and then all of these women that he's surrounding himself with like naomi campbell and kate moss and like you're gonna tell me if you gonna tell me that all of these people are, are better than your fucking sister they're all in the same damn circle what are you talking about right they're all living right. for the moment <laughs> at this moment in time these this specific time period they're not forming close relationships with you they're having fucking <laughs> fun they're you're you're their party right. buddy you know uh, yeah, like it's 90s Naomi Campbell. Like, girl, but then he on. like talks about, he's like, Oh, well, they throw me a birthday party, you know, these are my real friends. And it's like, Of course, they throw you a birthday party. Did you hear the word you just said? Party, party. Of course, they're gonna throw you a birthday party. Like, listen. Um, I no, love that. you're right, you're right. <laughs> I love that Madonna <laughs> calls Courtney crazy. It's like Madonna thinks Courtney is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Need a whole fucking Courtney Love and Madonna episode. And Madonna thinks that they're like twin flames.
1: <laughs> I know. And like, whenever they're in the same place, she's always like trying to avoid seeing her, or like avoiding, like having to run into her, or have That's like so a, fucking a moment.
0: What did Courtney Love say? She said in this book, she said uh, <laughs> that they are, she said, I think we are. Oh. Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> never worked that was together. Brilliant. Have
0: never worked together. Never done a movie. Never done a song. Do not run in the same circles, really. But still, still like their Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Okay. Yes. I love <laughs> that part of the book made, made me so happy. It, it did. All of this stuff, like the inner circle. This is the inner circle section of the book, and it's really, yeah. really good. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> we're getting to the we're getting to the Guy Ritchie part now. So Madonna is oh like God. infatuated with Guy Ritchie, right? She's got Lourdes. She she's ready for a husband. She's ready to become the English rose. Um Ugh. so she marries Guy Ritchie and uh, Christopher does not like Guy, and I do not like Guy either. And I totally believe everything he says about Guy in this. He says the guy is so homophobic, always making homophobic jokes towards Christopher, and Christopher <laughs> really heavily implies it's because Guy is gay, um, and it's probably like yeah. I, I see it, I see it. Guy's definitely the guy who would uh, either get sucked off or you know do a do a sixty nine with a guy and then and then never speak to him again, right? Or like completely ignore him yes. in cold shoulder room.
1: He's the guy that would put his dick through a hole at the airport. Oh,
0: absolutely! Yeah, he probably did. He probably did. He's just not arrested. <laughs> you know, Nick, right? Um, in a, a bathroom in a park or somewhere or something. You know, yeah, he's cruising somewhere. Um, Christopher's always like anytime guy kind of pokes at Christopher, Christopher pokes right back. So like guy. Like picks Christopher up. Uh, they're, they're like all dancing at one point, right? Madonna, Madonna never gets drinks or anything. She doesn't do drugs. She doesn't drink. So she's like dancing sober mm-hmm. on a table, which is cringy. A <laughs> yeah. uh, guy like picks up Christopher from the back and like lifts him up with like a little joke, and Christopher gets down. Christopher's a massive dude, by the way. We should have mentioned yeah. this at the at the start. He's huge. Um and he like corners a uh, guy into uh, into like the wall and starts grinding on him. And he's like, "If you're gonna dance with me, this is how we dance here." <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He Starts and the like, guy gets all mad and like runs away.
1: <laughs> you know, I didn't know that guy. I didn't really know a lot about guy. Yeah. Um. And then I remember watching. Have you ever seen her reinvention tour DVD? Like yes. The, yeah. Where she's like with all guy, the black and white the parts, the right? Time. Yeah. Yeah and they're like at the pub and like all that and like he comes in the back to like see her before the show and stuff and he's such a dick. He's such an asshole and he's such a bro-y beer chugging like oi 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 fucking douchebag. Like I just was so shocked that he you know was like the man that really like locked her down. I couldn't believe it yeah
0: but madonna still like allows it which is fucking weird so this is madonna like turning her sort of back on like everything she has stood for before right and it's always a guy that can make her fucking do this shit it's always a guy that can make her bend over you know um she's like you know not he he's he's treating her brother pretty badly and she's just kind of allowing it right um yeah they get married at this big castle in scotland (laughs) really like, complaints about his room by the way he's like <laughs> she put me in the in the top of the castle i'm looking out at the pool and the spa and everything and i said uh oh, i guess i will have to sit this one out or i guess i'll have to deal with this for a week oh, let me put on my my uh hundred thousand dollar balenciaga suit for this wedding <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like i paired my suit with a vivian westwood cape against <laughs> that's what dishes. it was vivian westwood that oh, one <laughs> okay, okay queen but Calm he's down. like oh, complaining about it and he waits till Kate moss and Naomi Campbell get there and he says guys you'll never believe what type of room they put me in and you'll never believe like guys are also making homophobic jokes He's like he's making homophobic jokes and they're like come on let's do some cocaine and they all do drugs for the rest of the weekend right i did mm-hmm. think it was like really fucked up that Rewinding a little bit, that Madonna made him like pay his own way to this fucking wedding. Um, yeah, because again, there's always payment disputes. She'll hire him for the job. Um, it's time for payment to be collected. He's like fronting his own money and shit like that. And then when the time comes, she like withholds payment and like has like a, an assistant or somebody bring him up and say, Uh, Madonna isn't going to pay you unless you use part of your payment to. Uh, get a ticket to her oh yeah right i'm like bullshit this is why you need a fucking contract man like this is your own fucking fault i'm sorry at this point this is his own fucking fault and he says that by the time he buys his plane ticket uh he only has a couple hundred dollars left how much do people get paid for design jobs because that doesn't sound right what would a a, a first class ticket be at that point it would be like a thousand something it must have right
1: well, the other really weird thing, too, was, like, okay, so I went to his website list, or today before we started recording. Yeah. Because I just wanted to see, like, what other work he had been doing since, just in general, like, what he's worked on. And, you know, his work is very stuck in the 90s. Like, mm. he doesn't have a lot of, like, music video or whatever work outside of that time period. But he was working. Like, yeah. he did a, a music video for, like, Dolly Parton. He's done one for, like, Reba McIntyre. Like, he has, like, random... Random projects, He doesn't
0: say any of that. So how was I supposed to know that? Like, he doesn't say any of this in here. But also, where's the money? Where's the money? It's drugs. Why are you- It's drugs. Oh, I understand that he probably wasn't a drug addict, and if he was, then okay, he doesn't have to admit it in here, but like- that's yeah. just what he was doing. Just say that. I was partying. I was just partying. I was spending it all on drugs, right? right? When they, This is what he probably doesn't say, but I guarantee is the case, is sometimes with celebrities, they will forget that they have all of the money, right? And Madonna's sister or Madonna's brother probably doesn't. And they're like, Christopher, mm-hmm. um, pay the pay the dealer real quick, and he'll go and pay the dealer, you know? Oh, right. And so he's using all of his money for X, Y, and Z, going out and partying with all these celebrities who have the fucking money to go out and party like this. And he cannot keep up. Madonna goes into the Drowned World tour and hires Jamie King instead of instead of Christopher Ciccone.
1: So he goes to the drum tour rehearsal to see what they're working on and like, you know, he's like I really thought that this was an interesting take that, mm-hmm. you know, the tour is like extremely dark. Yeah. And he is not allowed to work on this one and he can tell immediately that, you know, it's like it feels disjointed, like it doesn't feel like it's like really Madonna. Yeah. And then he realizes that it's like because she's in this really, really dark place. And it's like reflective of like how she's feeling. And that's like wild because she's like newly married. And yeah. she was in such a dark mental place. Yeah. Like the drowned world tour is so dark and like violet.
0: It is. It is. And it's like absolutely like he he does a lot of shitting on her own artistic vision right yes Um, there was a recent sort of recent ish interview that he did where he basically said that any shows she's done after like the blonde ambition tour were were just you know they they she lost sight of what the audience wants and what he is not getting is that this is snapshot into her own psyche right so if the world tour is so dark then something's going on and he mentions all the time like he always sticks it to her if they're arguing as like you're clearly going through something in life i'll let you go through that um and like pokes at her like that she was a woman who was dealing with a very sexist ageist public she was reaching she was over 40 at this point right um, she had to have been because she had Lourdes pretty yeah. late in thirties or early forties, um, and she, you know, so she's trying to figure it out who who she is as a star and like how to like sort of mold herself as a star. Um, she tried Ray of Light that was super successful, but you know she tries this English Rose, you know, house English housewife role to Guy Ritchie. She was never, she probably was super fucking attracted to Guy Ritchie as we all are to like toxic men like that, right? Sure, but. Mm-hmm. That was – if she was able to step back and look through it like through a hindsight lens, She that would never have been somebody she would have picked, right? But like she saw a right. vision of herself as somebody who was probably at a certain age, a woman of a certain age. What should a woman of a certain age be like, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so she was trying to fit herself into a mold that she just didn't fit into, and her one outlet mm-hmm. is creativity like this, right? Like she's contemplating a lot of religion, Uh, she's contemplating a lot of a lot of different things she's getting into Kabbalah. she's like we see all of that pouring out of these things and he just goes and sticks it to these this isn't what her audience wants to hear this isn't what the gays want to hear right he doesn't get it wrong he doesn't know he doesn't get it he's so wrong like
1: if anything her audience i think views that time period as a turning point to when she i'm not going to say when she like became a real artist or whatever but like when she really leaned into her artistry in a way that felt like she like knew who the fuck she was and like, you couldn't rattle her at that point. Like she did things. The visuals of that tour are so incredible. So beautiful. It's all so perfectly put together. And if anything, it's like, thank God she stopped working with him yeah thank god because, because what
0: would he have turned this into as well right oh like, my god like she very much had a, a pulse on what a what she wanted and be what was the natural next step for her like she'd never really gone through a dark period before everybody goes through a dark period totally. everybody shows it right totally. britney's blackout album this was the, the blackout period for madonna right yes. um but he's always shitting on her vision if it's not his vision being projected onto her it's not good You know, it's nothing good. The sex book, he had shit to say about the sex book. I was mind blown. I was like, oh, I know. What do you have to say about the sex book? He thought it should be a leather bound, like, I don't know five what 500 copy edition or something like that I don't know a certain yep. like a limited number and she's like no I'm going to make it a metal book and I'm going to like sell the fuck out of it and she did yeah.
2: she sold out and of all did. of it
0: it was so successful that bookstores were even charging like 5 to 10 dollars just for people to look through it in the bookstore she fucking yeah. had her pulse on exactly what needed to happen in her own career and he still shits on it. He's like, well, I don't think that was the right way to go. Clearly it was, though, Mr. Christopher Chigoli. Yeah.
1: And, like, he had such a distinct, like, even when I was looking at his other music videos, I was like, oh, like, yeah, he has a very specific style. It's very, it's very girly show. It's very 90s, very, like, burlesque yeah. beads and, and all of that stuff. And, like, that's great. But, like. Madonna was so beyond that yeah. at that point. Like she like you said, she was a woman, she had a kid,
0: like she was married. She She's was just like trying things out. She was she yeah. was she was trying things out. She was she was practicing. She was she was, you know, just doing other things with her craft and seeing how far her limits could kind of go. He's She's right. always loaning him money. He gets or like a restaurant deal, and he gets like stake in the ownership of the restaurant. She donates. She invests $45,000 in that damn restaurant, right? She doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, he gets another job for her, and she pays him $10,000 to get started, $5,000 for the first month, $15,000 for the second month, $15,000 for the third month, and $5,000 if it takes longer than projected. Um. But the only stipulation is that he has to like devote all of his time to this, this project ride. He says that this is a really low rate for a designer, um, in the industry. And I, I do wonder if that's true. I'd have to believe him. I'm inclined to believe him. Yeah. I'm sure he knows. Yeah. Um, (laughs) because she did hire somebody to do, to finish a project before. And like, he charged her like way too much. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) And she was, she was like, she was like, Oh, let me go back to Christopher. Um, So he's, like, doing the work, but as he's describing working on her houses for her, she, like, tells him what she wants and what Guy wants, and then he complains, and he pushes back at every little thing that she says she wants. He's always saying, well, no, this works better. Dude, you're there to do the job. That's it. Like, if she has her own specific vision for this, you listen to what your boss is telling you to do, or you go get a different job. She Mm -hmm. hired your eye. She's going to – I'm sure she gave him plenty of creative liberties. And then the things that she really demanded that she wanted, he just didn't like, you know, whether it clashed with his style or wasn't what he was thinking. Um, but that's your, that's your boss. Sorry. Um, she, yeah and it's almost like he was angry that she
1: wasn't giving up full control of her life to him anymore yeah it's like sorry like that's
0: the vicariously like living vicarious uh, through right like she like how would he decorate his own his own mansion right um right but that's not what you're there to do you're there you're there to to put the guy's clothes in a closet you know you're designing the closet for guy's clothes and his ties and everything <laughs> um she <laughs> She ends up firing him because she says he's super combative and like always. And like I can totally believe it. I'm like, yeah, she, she doesn't want to hear you know. it. Um, and she does try not to pay. him. <laughs> she also figures out again, where's your contract, man? Where's your contract? Wouldn't be having this problem if you had a contract with her. Um, right. She also finds out that he's been charging a markup. So like every piece of furniture he buys, he charges. He marks up the price that he charges yeah. to her. And he says that that's how like most designers get a fee. And I wonder if that's true. Because she's paying him also, right? Like, she's paying him a set sum. Do designers do that? Do you know anything about that? Well, he said in the
1: book that it's like, that's also the standard. I I don't know anything about that, Mm -hmm. but I thought that was a little... I don't know. Maybe that is the standard, but it 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 does feel weird to, like, just lie to somebody about the price or something. Or just, like, not...
0: Yeah, like, wouldn't you say that? Wouldn't you mention that? Like, wouldn't you say the markup? Yeah, because you're getting... All of this money, whether it's like below industry standard or above, um, you're getting all of this money in a flat fee, and then you're charging mm-hmm. markup on top of that. So is that usually? I don't know if anybody knows. Let us let us know. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know if that's real. But she's like pissed and says that he's stealing from her, and so she like fucking <laughs> shuts him out. She's like done with his ass. Right. She flips out. Um, her letter
1: is like like i love <laughs> the idea that you would steal from me and i'm disgusted yeah. it's like so one of their weird like ink dipped letters
0: to each other it's fucking i don't know it's their their relationship is basically <laughs> just at a point of no return by now um this he he tracks their relationship all the way up to 2007 this book comes out in 2008 so like this book even further damages that right there's no there's yeah. like hardly any time for him he he writes this out of bitterness, out of anger, out of everything, like he just uh, is blinded by all of this stuff. And writes this book, puts it out July two thousand eight. It is a successful book. It like sells pretty pretty high. I think it's number two on the New York Times bestseller list. And you know wow. she's having to field that at the same time. That same fall. She files for divorce from Guy Ritchie, so she was already going through shit, right? And then you're airing out all of this other stuff, and I get it. You're wanting the credit for all of the work that you've done that you feel like your sister hasn't given you. And I don't think I don't I, I don't believe she did give him the the credit he deserved, right? She didn't pay him fairly. She no. didn't give him the credit fairly. But like, still, there's a certain tact that you have to. Go about doing something like this, and putting a domestic violence survivor's stories into the, this like this, injecting stories like that, or injecting certain things you just can't do, yeah. and he still does it. Like, he tells her story for her, um, rather than telling his own stories. Why didn't you just write your own memoir talking about everything you did for Madonna, Um and, and how you did it, like how you came. What what were your inspirations behind the girly show? Oh, I would have you know? loved to see that. Behind the scenes shit like that, like give a full play by play on like every idea you ever had for Madonna and we would have gotten the point, right? Like you did the Madonna thing. You created the Madonna thing if that's what he's right. going for. But instead, he just has to get a jab at every single thing she ever does. Um, they did kind of reconcile a little bit five or six years later. Is what I've I've read, um, and then mm-hmm. he did another article <laughs> with he like talked about it more, and he's like, you know, I didn't even talk that bad about Madonna. I I have all of these stories about Madonna. I could have written that book. That's the book I could have written. Right? Just goes off bashing her again, bashes Lady Gaga on the on the way, you know. Just yeah, and and reignites another feud. And then I think more recently they, I think they're patched up. I just don't think they're ever going to be as close again.
1: When I was reading this book, I was like, yeah. God,
0: like. I
1: love this insight of this time period, but my God, what I would give to know (laughs) what's going on right now. Yes. I want the book about Madonna in her house now. Yes. I I need to know the weirdness. You know, you and I say this all the time about Britney too. It's like people are so not used to seeing a celebrity be like not curated. Yeah. And I know that Madonna is the queen of like Photoshop and stuff. I'm not saying she doesn't curate her image, obviously. (laughs) But it's all there is something a little um unhinged about her online presence where it's like she just doesn't care. There's no strategy and I think with it. It's really Yeah, she's just posting shit. Yeah. And I think it's unsettling for people to see a celebrity be on the internet and not be like fucking Kylie Jenner. Yeah. I appreciate you for making me read this because yeah. I've always wanted to. I can't believe I never have. It just it just never happened, but yeah, this well, has now become easily one of my <laughs> favorite books. I'm going to read this so many times. Yeah,
0: I appreciate you coming on for this one. This was a long-winded episode, but we will get we got through it. And <laughs> You want to tell it's, everybody it's where good. they can find
2: you?
1: Um, yes, my name is Troy McEady. Uh I have a podcast called Beyond the Blinds. Um, you can find us by just searching Beyond the Blinds on everything. And uh, I have another podcast that I host by myself called Dunzo that zach has been on like 90 times (laughs) (laughs) and it's spelled d-u-n-z-o
2: um and yeah well i thank you so much for coming on troy and we will see you guys next time